three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast World Cup Edition. That's right, once every four years, the greatest players on the planet represent their countries and they get together and they figure out which country has the best assortment of 11 people on a soccer pitch at any one time. And I got to tell you, so far, it's been a good, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into location. Qatar's got their own little situation. We're going to leave that political uh, nonsense off to the side. But but the games themselves, the players involved, the teams, the storylines, the results uh, have been compelling. And it's compelling enough that I needed to bring in an expert to help me break some of this down. Uh, and, and this is a person who the pedigree speaks for itself, but when you talk about being an expert um, in, in a certain field and then you think, okay, let's talk about soccer, this name comes to mind. So please welcome to the show, Mr. Scott Gamester. How are you? Oh, thanks, Ethan. I'm doing awesome. It's so great to be back. This is my second trip. Very, very exciting. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right, so let's quickly recap. We just had the quarterfinals um, and some interesting results, uh, and, and then I want to get your take on a couple of, of, of separate topics. But let's talk about Croatia and Brazil. So Brazil, one of the favorites, always put a very um, you know competitive team out there. They're flashy. They play very well together. They were getting some heat because when they beat South Korea uh, handily, they were doing these crazy dances to the point where it almost seemed a little bit disrespectful, you know, to the sport itself and certainly to their opponents. But then they come up against a team like Croatia uh, where they don't have the same like Neymar type quality players, but they definitely have heart. They definitely play hard. They're definitely a team, and they went to PKs, and it was a very dramatic, you know, uh, stoppage time, extra time, the whole deal, and Croatia walked away with a, with a victory. Scott, what, what are your feelings on, you know, that game, and then was Brazil getting a bad rap for the celebration, or is that just part of playing a sport? Yeah, so, I mean, I think that, that if you watched during the game the Brazil fans, they were absolutely insane, yeah. right? They were they were dancing. It, I think that's part of the Brazil team. true passion, that true swagger, passion. true passion, right? Um, so I'm I'm cool with that. That is, but like that Croatia team, man. I mean, they've only given up one goal, right? And and it was an own goal versus Canada. That yeah. is, is that that's unbelievable. So they are. I am a so I am t, uh, team Croatia. Yep, but I'm also Team Morocco going forward, just to get a little bit into the preview. Sure, uh, but like, boy, what, uh, what? So let me just not to dip out. You mentioned the politics at the beginning, right? Not, yeah. to, I don't want to get. Oh, into go there, that, but, go there. But I started with um, really conflicted because, because not because of Qatar, because it is what it is, right? Yep. But it's more that FIFA is just completely corrupt. Oh my right? god! It's just, I, I, I mean, you know, hey Budweiser. You, you want to sponsor us? Oh, sorry, you can't sell your beer. You know, uh, uh, you know, checking T-shirts at the gate, enforcing that. Um, so I was really conflicted at the beginning, and I and I was torn on whether I was going to watch it for the record. Mm. And so, so I have 
I, I didn't watch the very, you know, at the very start as much as I would have. But boy, in the last couple of rounds, I've really gotten into it. And I, that, well, all every game this weekend, I, I, honestly, my wife, my wife, uh, my wife laughs at me because the only time I ever cry is at sporting events. <laughs> every time, every game this weekend brought it to your, like a little bit of emotion. I'm like, my goodness, this is such a spectacle. You're still and human. Croatia, yeah, Croatia, four million people, dude. Four million people, and they they're they're there. They're into the you know the quarters, right? So that's a great point. Four million people, which is less people than there are in New York City, um, and and they're and they're up there in the top. Now they're in the the top four in the country. Why? And this is an honest question, stupid question, but an honest question. Do you know why everybody has a last name that ends in I C? Like it's Perisic, <laughs> Modric. Everything is itch. It's I know, it. but man. Buy a vowel over there, right? <laughs> That's the <tough> right. One. <laughs> exactly. And FIFA, totally, totally corrupt. But shout out to yeah. Cal Scarponi. Um, Cal Scarponi taught a class in high school called uh, Sports Literature. And the textbook was the Boston Globe Sports Plus every Friday. And he's really? like, yep. And it was, a, it was uh, an elective senior year uh, English class. And it was my favorite class ever. And we'd come in and we'd just read the sports page with him. And the very first thing that he pointed out to us, and he kept reiterating the entire semester, was there is no football, there is no baseball, there is no hockey, it's all moneyball. And he pointed out yep. back then that every single sport is all about the money. And then you take the most popular sport on the planet and the governing body, and it's not terribly surprising that there's some corruption there. And it probably goes way deeper than, than we imagine. Real quick, and then we'll go to the next game. You're fine yep. with passion in the stands. Do you feel like the dancing that Brazil was doing on the field was disrespectful to the team they're playing against? So I didn't see that South Korea match. Okay. Right? Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's – I get back to emotion, right? I'm so completely caught up in this storyline. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, despite – how corrupt FIFA is, despite the challenge. You can't, you can't step back from this and not see the passion of the world here. Right. And I don't know. I, I just, I, those unwritten rules, uh, sometimes they bug me. I'm fine with that. So I think I, I'm okay with it. I'm totally fine with but, it. But if it was, I don't know if it was a team that I had, um, you know, if it was, if it was, if it was the United States, maybe I'd feel different. I mean, the, the challenge with the world cup is that only the U S women are good at it. Right. So if it was the U.S. women, I'd be very upset. But otherwise, eh, you know, it's just somebody else's team. Let it pass. Um, let's go to the other game that happened on Friday, and that was the the country of Argentina. Don't cry for me, Argentina, against the Netherlands. Um, the Netherlands, the team that knocked the U.S. Um, out of the World Cup. Uh, Argentina. Surgically. Surgically. Uh, Argentina, uh, another one of the, I would call them a favorite. Um, and they were leading handily two nothing and then no quit, no quit in hall. And they came back, got a couple tied it up, went to extra time and then went to PKs again. PKs is a tough way to lose uh, a contest at that level. What were your thoughts on, on that game? Uh, so, so first of all, I work, um, you know, I work for a European company mm-hmm. and, Two of my uh, two of my peers and one of my colleagues, ones above, are England fans, Portugal fans, and um, 
uh, a Netherlands fan, right? So there's a lot of so, and I was sort of spoiled on this one by a friend of mine, mm-hmm. a, fr- a mutual friend of ours, Molten, who listens. So sure. you can say hi to him. Shout out. Um, the uh, he sort of spoiled me and said, "Hey, the Netherlands playing." Uh, uh, coming back incredible, right? And I'm a huge, you know, I'm a huge Virgil van Dyke fan. So therefore, my I find my Premier League allegiances are, are greater than my, because uh, I don't, you know what I mean? Sure. So I, I was like, um, I'm kind of rooting for Netherlands. I love Virgil van Dyke. I think he's the greatest center back, you know, in a long time. Yeah. And uh, so what a game, right? I mean, they lost that, they lost that game multiple times, yeah. right? And then somehow managed to claw their way self back at the end. Um, but the other part is, you know, that's I, I, I'm, I'm struggling with names. Who's the Argentinian guy who's about to retire? The Messi. great Messi, right? Like, Messi, yeah, like, Messi. I mean, you know, the Messi storyline. You know, I kind of so unbelievable match end and glued glued to my seat watching watching it and really had a couple of times where I had to take a deep breath. And my left arm went slightly numb. I was like, all right, take a deep breath. It's not that important, but it was well, what a match. Right? What did you think about it? Oh, I loved it. And I, you know, I'm actually – so I became a, a fan of the Dutch team when there was a guy named Raphael van der Vaart who played yep. for Tottenham Hotspurs probably like 10 years ago, 11 years ago, and he was on the Dutch team. And I just loved the way he played. And back then the Dutch team was attack, 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 and they still kind of are now – um, and I, and yep. I, I love the, I love teams that have the mental fortitude. I mean, you're facing a team like Argentina, you're down two goals with 15 minutes to go. Most teams crumble mentally. I love teams that, that don't, I love teams that collectively as a unit, all of them are never going to give up until it's totally over. So, uh, I, I have Argentina in a pool, so I was secretly rooting for Argentina, um, but I, I would have been completely happy if uh, if the Dutch had pulled it out. But um, nonetheless, so the only question I have for you. Mm. Oh, sorry. No, no. The question I have for you is Van Dyke first on the PKs. I'm not sure that was a great idea. Yeah, interesting choice. And they, I don't know if you you've probably already seen this, but they fired Louis Van Gaal, the the manager who was once the Manchester United manager. He didn't do very well when he did that, but they've already. They fired the national coach, and a lot of people are saying it was because of his his selection for PKs, not just the players, but the yeah. order of the kicks. Because that first one makes such a difference, right? If you don't get one in that first time, pressure's then, all on you. Yeah, exactly. You're you're instantly behind uh, the rest of the time. So that that's a, a point worth making there. Then we went to the Saturday games, and I got to tell you. Uh, Portugal, I love the fact they benched Ronaldo. They brought him in later on, but he's such a crybaby now. I just, I want him to go away completely against everybody's Cinderella, uh, Morocco. Um, Morocco, oh home goodness, of the right? Rock of Gibraltar, the only African nation ever to make it to the semifinals. Um, Wait, that's not correct. What? What's not, not the home of the Rock of Gibraltar, is it? Isn't that Gibraltar? Um, well, I, so the only reason why I say that, there was a trip. Remember Mrs. Modern? Mrs. Modern taught Spanish. I took Spanish from her, and she took us to yeah. Spain. And I'm pretty sure that there was a side trip to Morocco. Oh, you know what it was? It, the side trip was to Morocco, and then via, we were going to go to Gibraltar. So you're right. It's not technically yeah, okay. in yeah, Morocco. I thought, 
Again, I'm not a, a European expert, but on that one, I was like, yeah. So, yeah, but the, keep going. Sorry. To no, 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 no. Look, I want you to point out my ge- geographical, you know, uh, <laughs> inconsistencies every time that they pop up because it's going to happen again. Um, so Thanks, Morocco doesn't have, like all the other teams we've talked about, even Croatia, they've got Luka Modric, considered one of the greatest midfielders ever. They've got Perisic. One yep. of the, you know, it's like they've got star players. Brazil's loaded with talent. Argentina, even, you know, you just pointed out a couple on the Dutch team. But Morocco doesn't really have any of those names. Yes, they've got a couple of players that are playing in the Premier League. They've got a couple of players that are playing in the Bundesliga. But there's no, they're not chocked full of worldwide stars. What they are is they are a team. And they play like a team. Talk about like a defensive, like, yes, Croatia, definitely a brick wall. So is Morocco. And they were up against a team that they should have lost to. Portugal was supposed to win that game, and yet they didn't. And they didn't because they played like a team. And that's what I love about a contest like this is it doesn't matter who, what name is on the back of the jersey. It's the collective energy, spirit, and fight in that 11 on the pitch. And they actually got a red card towards the end of the game and were down a man for the last, I think, seven to eight minutes. Um, so. Yeah. I, I love the fact that Morocco pulled it out. I love it. They're in the, the, the semifinals. And I also have them. I've got two teams in the pool still. One's Morocco. One's Argentina. They're on the separate side. So if they play each other in the finals, I've got it made. But what were your thoughts on Morocco, on, on Portugal, on that game in, in general? Oh, my goodness. That, I, <clears throat> I forgot about the red card. And that red card was weak. Oh, my that God. That was a very weak. That was a – I mean, the, the – because it wasn't a red card. It was a second yellow, mm-hmm, right, which mm-hmm. is, in effect, a red. That's right. The first yellow for that guy was deserved, but that second one was not, right? I mean, really it, it certainly isn't something you'd want to do in nine minutes in, in that game. Um, but, boy, you know, here's the deal. I never felt like Morocco was out of control of that game. No. Right? They were not the underdog. They they ran that game. They had good defense, but they're, they got upfield really, really fast and really, really well. Yep. I thought they ran the whole game. I agree. Right? I agree. And their, their goaltender, I don't know if you remember, in the prior round, like, he, uh, you know, he stopped, I don't know, three, the first two or three in PKs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm losing my mind. And my wife was with me at the time, and she's like, well, he's cute. And I'm like, okay, that's not how we evaluate <laughs> uh, players, in, in the, but that's okay, right? Um and I'm freaking out. She's like, what does this mean? I, I put it on pause. I'm like, you know, you don't, it, it's almost impossible to stop a penalty kick, right? right? To stop two or three is just outward, outward. And he played so solid both games. So you got a good goaltender and you got a team. I mean, but you know, on, on Ronaldo, I don't know whether you stayed to the end and watched it, oh, but yeah. when he, when he left the pitch and was walking through the thing, he was crying. He was balling. Right. Yeah. And, He's been a baby about his situation on the team, on Man on Man United, Man United, right? He's on City. He's yep, on United, yep, right? Yep. Um, he's been a baby about that, but boy, he was hurt about that. And, you know, you can't, you know, no matter what you feel about him, I I, I felt bad with him walking up the tunnel, right, and then yeah. losing that game. I mean, like, even look, though I'm really happy, I... <clears throat> no, you're you're 100 percent right, and I and I think with a guy like him, I mean. He was crying. That was a he was really emotional. That wasn't fake, and that's the last really significant game that he's going to be a part of. Like he's not ever going to be on a national team again. It's over. Right. And can he still play in the Premier League? Maybe. 
Could he play in the MLS? Definitely. Apparently, he's been yeah. offered some crazy contract with a Saudi Arabian uh, club that would make him the highest paid player ever, which is just nuts to think about. But, you know, he might take that and just bask in the sun over in the, you know, uh, the Saudi. What what desert's over in Saudi Arabia? That's, it's not the Sahara. <laughs> Help me out here. No, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're the geographical. Oh, my goodness. I called you out now. I don't know. Okay, right? fair it's enough, a big one enough. and it's full it's of It's a big sand, one, right. There's a lot of oil over there. I know that. There's some um, oil right underneath it, too. Right, right. Easy to get out. Just keep digging. Just keep going down. It's down there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but, I, but I'm but i with you. And I and I feel like a lot of the – he's got pride. He's got pride in his game. He He's, uh, without question, one of the great – there was a time a couple of years ago where it was like a toss-up. Like, is it him or Messi? Who's the best player in the world? Yep. And, and Messi's kind right. of still at that level, and Ronaldo's not anymore. But let's not forget, Ronaldo's like 38, 39 years old. Like, he's getting up there. And he's still playing at a very right. high level. So I'm willing to give him a pass on, you know, uh, all the shenanigans with the Premier League and, and just know that he's a competitor. And, and and... I think the, the other part I'd say is that, you know, you want your, you know, you want your thoroughbreds to be in, right? Yeah. You want, you, you want your F1 drivers to be jerks, right? <laughs> you want your players to be, want to be on the pitch and think that they're the best. That's, yeah. part, of, that's part of being uh, a champion, right? Everyone wanted to be on Bill Romanowski's team. Why? Not because he was a saint or a nice guy or, or anything else like that. It's because he wanted to win more than anybody else in the field and would do Absolutely. anything to win. So at the end of the day, it's like when the stakes are that high, you want the people that are going to give it everything they've got, even right. if there's a little tinge of douchebag in there. Um, all right, and then we go to the last quarterfinal game, uh, a game between – uh, England and France, the battle of the canal, if you will, right? Oh or the God. channel. Um, and so many things to talk about in this game. And I don't even know where to begin, but where I'll start is I think the refereeing overall for the World Cup hasn't been great, but I think that the worst no. example I've seen was that game. Uh, it was so clear to me that somebody got to that Colombian ref and gave him something whether it was his kids getting an education at Harvard or it was a bridge named after him or it was a fleet of Mercedes. But there's something waiting for him back in Colombia, and it was obvious that they were trying to get England out of that match for sure. It was Yeah, you know, I, 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 either that and or who did France beat in the earlier round? Uh, the game, the, the last time that France won, France... Uh, Olivier Giroud. Oh, is wasn't it? Um, oh no, it couldn't have been the U.S. It, who was it? Yeah, again, old. I forget almost as soon as the game is over. I forgot they played England. I'm like, who did France play again? Yeah. But like, we're gonna find. What out. I noticed in both teams is the French, the French team. By the way, I can say things about French people. I'm half French Canadian, so I'm, you know, I got there. You, you go. Know, I can sheet. I can sheet rock. Okay, and I also can speak about France negatively. Poland. Um, right. Well, I'm not that good at she rocking, so to the eternal shame of my family, but don't tell anybody that it's between us. No, I won't say a word. But the um, if you like, they were rugged. I mean, they were they played not, I mean, not dirty, but really, really, really tough. Mm-hmm. So, like, it seemed like there was a lot of plays where I was like, "Hmm, that's an odd," and it didn't feel like that ref was in control of that game at all. Right? Worse than favoring one side, it just he didn't have control of the game, and he was calling weird things and. I think at one point they actually forced him to go uh, the second the second PK. Oh yeah, right. Oh, they yeah. they kind of like 
I, I think they were going to leave the field if you didn't go look at it. And then you look at it, it's like, oh, yeah, that's totally a penalty kick. Right, right. But, my goodness. Now, now I didn't realize, like, I didn't realize this until the game, but I know that you instantly did, being a big-time Spurs fan. Of course, you know, I, I do like my Harry Kane, but I didn't know that the French goalie. Oh, yeah. Like, so the drama of them being 10-year teammates and shoot and going off against each other and then splitting 1-1. Right. Hugo Lloris is the uh, yeah oh, no he was he was the captain of the French team Harry's the captain of the of, of the England squad they've played together for ten years they've only played against each other including that game three times so that was the third time they wow. ever played and once was I think once was in the Euros two years ago and probably the last time was in the last World Cup who knows but uh, yeah no and and Lloris is he is still at the top of his game amazing goalie. And let's talk about Harry Kane. It's the it's the elephant in the room. I'm a I'm staring at a Spurs poster, and right in the center is Harry Kane. I've been following Harry Kane since 2010, oh when he was 15 years old, however old he was then. And he's somebody who was at the time like they they were like, ah, he's too slow. He's too this. He's too that. Well, he's now he's tied with Wayne Rooney for the most goals for England in in international play. He has uh, got the most goals of any Spurs player ever, and he's like I think number three or four overall Premier League goals. So the guy's clearly one of the best strikers on the planet. There's no doubt about it. And he's not just a striker; he knows how to pass. He's uh, a great. He can right. drop into a false nine. He's a great soccer player, smart soccer player. But boy, did he fuck up that penalty kick! And it's one of those things where. He's going to replay – it's almost like he needs the best oh. sports psychologist of all time because he's going to replay that in his mind over and over again, and he's got to – it's almost like he has to go – what was that movie, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Like someone has to go in and erase <laughs> that memory from his data banks because that might fuck with him forever. It's a big deal. That's a big miss. I mean, it's the it's the parallels to the, to the Netherlands game where it's like it didn't look like they were going to make it, Yeah. right? Like it didn't look like England was going to pull four because like France. So first of all, the I can't I can't remember the guy's name, but their winger, uh, France's winger. Oh, Mbappe. Um, oh my goodness, Kylian Mbappe. Is, he's so good. I mean, I mean, but they effectively shut him down on D. Yeah. Right. He did not. He was not. He was a free runner in their prior game. He ran all over the place. Right. Yeah. yeah. They effectively shut him down. Right. But. It was clear that the, the France counterattack, right? It's it's almost reminds me of like Liverpool during the when Liverpool had that like kind of lay you to sleep, and then all of a sudden they just run and gun you. Like the yes. first Liverpool match I went to, they were down like two nothing to Crystal Palace. I went to the match in London, yep. and I was like, yeah, they're gonna lose, right? And then he's like, no, 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 they're just they're just, they're playing with them. They're tiring. It's like the Rocky, right? They're taking the rope of dough punches, yeah. right? They're tiring the other guy out, and then all of a sudden they just run with the ball. And that seems to be, like, France's thing. So it should be really interesting, not to jump into the next part, but, like, should be interesting because they're coming up against uh, a stronger defensive team. Yep. Um, but what what a match. I mean, what, 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 what did you see that I didn't see? No, I, I saw all that. And just a, a quick shout-out to the guy who shut Mbappe down. His name is Kyle Walker, number two. Uh, yeah. he, he used to play for Spurs, and then he, like so many other Spurs players, he got sold to the highest bidder, went to Man City, he's won a Premier League title there. But he's uh, probably the only right back 
on the planet that could shut him down because he's not only right. lightning quick, but he's also a fucking tank. Like he's super physical yeah, he and he's just technically so sound. And it was as advertised. He really, I mean, I wouldn't say Mbappe was a non-factor, but he was much less a factor than every other game that he's been in. So uh, they definitely had the right. He, he didn't have the run of the field, which every time I've seen him play, he's had the run of the field and, and Kyle Walker really did. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, it was, and he also was a factor on the other side of the ball too. So, yeah, yeah. I was rooting for England there, right? I'm, I'm sort of an an English fan, as it would be. So, and I, I also know that they're they're never going to win. Well, <laughs> I know, right? That whole thing—it's coming home. No, maybe not. But I want oh them goodness. to win. But they, I, I think that they've got—they're like the Red Sox of the '80s, right? So, I'm going to go really deep on the. Uh, how how bad it is to to miss. So in the Euros, England went all the way to the finals, lost in the finals um, to an excellent team. But the reason they, it went to PKs, and there was a player named Saka who's still on the team. He plays for Arsenal in the Premier League, yeah. and Arsenal and Spurs are bitter rivals. It's like the Red Sox Yankees nineteen eighty five style. Like they just don't like each other. But after the game two years ago in the Euros, when Saka missed the PK, the first person yep. there to console him was Kane. And, you know, I, I, and I think that people are going to have to get behind Kane the same way. Look, nobody's perfect. This guy's taken a thousand right. PKs and he's made most of them and he fucked up and he, and he, and he shot one over and I could have done what he did. But at the end of the day, it's like you, you can't look at somebody, the collective body of work of Harry Kane cannot be brought down to, but he missed that PK. Now, the, pr- the pressure of that moment, I mean, my God, my goodness, sitting on my couch, beer in hand, uh, beer in hand, right? Right. I couldn't handle the pressure, and I didn't have to kick in front of the world, and all my, I didn't have all my country's expectations on me, and it was, so I, I it's, we expect these athletes to be robots, right? When you find out they're humans, you're like, oh, okay. Just you wish it didn't happen in those moments, right? Just human, just human, like everybody else. And and he'll get past. Look, he'll get a chance to play the Euros again. He'll get a chance to play, um, you know, in the in the World Cup. Probably was one that the more same time. one with Rashford when you're talking about that soccer thing? Was that the same one where Rashford actually missed some too, and there were yes. death threats on them? Yes, and yes, yes, yes. Exa- yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it was yeah. both of them. I mean, you know, it's like it's brutal. Yeah, yeah it's it's you know, and that soccer had a heck of a game. Too, right, he was all over the place. He's right? a player. He's a player. Yeah, he was. He was really, really great. And his, he, but he's still not on um, Arsenal, though, is he? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. He's one of their best players. Yep. And Foden. So Ooh. Manchester City has got a sick lineup. I mean, Phil Foden, who's a water yeah. bug out there, he's on that team. I love Phil Foden. For the yeah. record, I really like him a lot. I, I don't too. like Man City in any way, but I do like Phil Foden. Yep. And Jack Grealish came in late. He's on City too. So yep. City stacked. All right. And he's so, the one that drew the penalty. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he was. Yep. Yep. Um, so, so there are the quarterfinal games, and then we get down to the final four, the semifinals. We've got Argentina versus Croatia, which is tomorrow at 2 p.m., and then uh, Wednesday the 14th at 2, we've got France and Morocco. Let's tackle Argentina-Croatia first, and let's we, we, we got all the storylines. Let's just talk about what's going to happen when the final whistle blows Tomorrow, sometime around three thirty or four, whenever it ends up being over, what is the result going to be? What say you? Oh, that's a tough one. 
Oh, you know, I don't. So let's see. Let me let me think. I'm going to say it's Croatia two one is my prediction. Whoa! In, uh, reg, regular time. Wow! That's my prediction. I love it. So. so and just to make things interesting, and I had, I had written this down first, uh, so I actually, I think it's going to be uh, the exact opposite. I think Argentina is going to win. I think that, I think if you were going to be critically analytical about the two teams and just forget the emotion and just be an AI ones and zeros analyzing bot, <laughs> you'd have to say that Argentina has more talent on that squad. They, they do. Oh, 100%. However, yeah. what they might not have is the same you know, uh, Eastern European, you know, you know, I, I used to be, you know, a, a member of a death squad in the 1300s. Like th- that, that, those bloodlines are, are deep with people that just have put up with wars and everything else. These are tough people. These are hardworking people. So I think ultimately it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a scrap. I think Argentina comes out on top, but I think it's, it's not going to be easy. Um, and I'd be totally fine if Croatia won. And then the next day, we've got, again, France, who at this point would have to be considered. I mean, they, they, won, they won the last World, Cups. If they, World Cup. If they won again, they would be the first country to repeat since 1960 when Brazil did it. So it, it's, it's wow. not easy to repeat in the World Cup, um, but they're in a position to, to do it against the team that everyone is rooting for, at least anyone with a heart is rooting for, with Morocco, what happens in that game? Oh man, this is a hard one because I, I, I mean, I believe I, I want uh, Morocco to win, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just watching like one goal, dude. They've given up one goal, and that's an own goal, right? That's crazy, mm-hmm. right? And now you know, what did they play? Canada was out in the first round, so they haven't given up a goal since the first round. They played some giants, but that France team, right? I mean, that's a that that's a that team is. Even England was outmatched by them. Yeah, right. Yeah. The England played a valiant team, but it was it was not close, right? Other than the fact that it was close, you know, if you didn't have if you didn't have two PKs, they would not have scored. I don't well, think. it's funny you say that, and I'm glad you said that because even if Harry Kane had made that second PK, all that does is it right. makes it go into extra time, and I think that the longer that game goes. The, the greater the probability of France winning anyway. So I think I think the result would have been the same, just less heartbreak. So are you? Am I hearing you say, Mister Gamester, that France is going to win? I don't want to say it. I want to say no. Right again. I like to make fun of the French as much as possible, but I I just I think that you don't have a Kyle Walker there, right? It's true. And that that Mbappe, that guy, I, he was otherworldly. Right. That, that that's like watching the next superstar. Right. Mm-hmm. Where does he play, anyways? Where does he play? PSG. He plays for. He, he's on the same team. Believe it or not, he's on the same team as Neymar and Messi. So it's okay. Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, and they're coached yeah. by um, Patacino, who used to coach the Spurs and is also Argentinian. Um, but PSG uh... has got such a high standard of of excellence that you know I think they're one or two in the French league and they're in Champions League. And people are talking yeah. about like you know firing Potticino because he's not like just dominating everything, but they're giving him the greatest players on the planet. So again, I'm yeah. pressing you for it. Is France going to win? 
Uh, I think so. I okay. think it's going to be. I'm going to say two nil clean sheet. Okay. Now this is perfect because now we've got um, we got two games. We got I hope I'm wrong. Games. I hope I. I just want to say emotionally, I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't. That's uh, that French team is. Right. They're a beast. So I'm going to say that it's They're going beast. to end up in in regular and extra time. It's going to be a zero zero draw. It's going to go to PKs. And I think that Morocco is going to pull it out in PKs. Um, I, 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 I hope they do. I'd love to see them in the final. Um, and, and the best part is we'll be able to come back uh, before the final and we'll be able to talk about uh, our two predictions, see where we're at. And no matter yep. what happens, no matter what happens, I think that, and it's probably because the UN, U.S. men's national team had a team in the final 16 I think that, you know, we, we've got some soccer idiots, call it soccer, call it football, call it whatever you want. We've got some soccer idiots in this country. But I think that more so than four years ago, and certainly more so than any other time, to your point, albeit women's is different because everyone cared about that. But I've got more people in my social circle talking about the World Cup, talking about the results. Yep. Did you see that game? Do you want to watch the game? Let's go watch the game. And that's a good thing because people can people that – brand soccer as a boring sport have never really watched a good soccer match because it, it's it's anything but boring are there a lot of points always scored no but you don't need goals to yeah. have excitement that's just a such an I, american way of thinking. i think we talked about this last time but like you know to me it's replaced that hole that baseball yes um because baseball has just become so like the the gentle gentle you know third inning stretch it's like so like it's not the beautiful game anymore no. right i mean in person it is but on tv it's unwatchable right right and i think like just to sit down and like sit for 45 minutes and just focus on something right i've totally enjoyed i've been spoiled more times on this thing mostly because of work because what i don't realize is that the people i work with in europe like they're like hey i got this meeting i'm gonna cancel this meeting because of the world cup i'm like wait what <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, then I'm going to watch the World Cup. Right. <laughs> well, you know, it's so, funny that you, you bring that up. I think that is such a, a good point. And I think about the difference. Even a football, like I like American football. I, I, I like pretty much all sports. But the difference between watching a football game on TV and watching a soccer game is night and day. And the biggest reason is that with a football game, it's like play, play, timeout, uh, injury, TV commercial. Play, play, two-minute warning, TV commercial. Play, play, end of the quarter, TV commercial. They just, it's constant start and stop, and there isn't really a rhythm, and there isn't a prolonged, like, feeling of how this, how is this game going to play out? What's the rhythm of this game? Whereas with soccer, it's 45 minutes at least, plus whatever stoppage time, and you can see things happening. You can see players getting into a groove. You can see players getting on each other's nerves. You can see people figuring out tactics that you can't get that with, with football. So I think the ability to appreciate, you know, is greater with, with the beautiful. So I will give you one contra to that point. Please. Red zone. Oh, NFL I, red love, zone. I love fucking red zone. It, like I, I like literally like, again, sitting down at one o'clock. Right. And then not like even this week when it was actually Patriots, I'm excited, but like being able to sit down at one o'clock and like watch the, just watch, and not have integrated commercials. It's just, it's just, it, it is a different experience. But like, I mean, football, my goodness, right? But it's, I, I can't say enough about it. And I can't wait to go visit Arsenal. I'm sorry. I know I, we talked about that over text. No, that's But yeah. I'm totally going to visit Arsenal. 
You know that, right? I, I, I did not know that. When is that happening? No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to arrange it, but I was invited. They were invited. Like next time you're in London, please stop by. Oh my god! Right, so I'm absolutely gonna go talk to their data science, yeah. sports people. You gotta do it. Right, I'm sorry. I know this might no, ruin our no. ruin our friendship, but look, you gotta you gotta and, go. You gotta go. And back to one last thing. Back to our French thing. Yes. Right. Um. If 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 you if you win that bet, I buy you a steak dinner. Deal. Right? You're right. You're not veg, right? I'm and if I win that bet, we both lose. Okay. Okay. Wait. Hold on. If I like that bet, I'll take that bet. It's a good bet. Yeah, I, it's I a good it. bet. I mean, you can't. The thing is, you have no influence over it. But like, legit, if Morocco wins, we get, we have a steak dinner and it's on you. Okay? I love it. That's perfect. I got one right. more question for you, and and, and there's no cool. wrong answer. When you think of when you think of Kylian Mbappe, what? What pop group do you think of? Oh God, right? <laughs> it's um, Bop, right? Is that I can't think of the name of it, right? Bop. They were three <laughs> stupid brothers from like Iowa. And the Jonas? No, no, no. And, and they shared a name with a group of brothers from a hockey movie. Oh, oh! Now, now I'm, I'm totally drawing a blank. This no, is no, no. worse than. The Pat Sajak thing. No, no. Excuse- Worse than the Pat Sajak thing. No, it's, no, it's not. I'll give you Peter Tamarkin. Peter Tamarkin it was for the Pat Sajak thing. For those of you who are listening for the second time, it was Peter Tamarkin. Uh, oh, Jonas Brothers, yes. Jo- Jonas Brothers, uh, but it was the Hanson Brothers on from uh, Slapstick. The Hanson Brothers, yeah. Slapshot. Right? By the way, there, just one, I know we're running late. That There's a movie about a guy who figured out the pattern in Pressure Luck yes. from Peter Tamarkin. It is awesome. I watched it after our last pod, after our last podcast. After I remember Peter Tamarkin, I showed my wife Press of Your Luck, and then we watched that thing. It's an amazing movie. So that dude videotaped every single Pressure Luck and figured out what the pattern was, and then went on and just cleaned house. And I think I'm pretty sure that he ended up getting in some kind of trouble at some point, didn't he? So no, I don't think so. No, he I got think, away with it. I think that he got. He got banned, but like you could see, I was actually at one point. I was like, I started counting. I didn't know, right? Right. I started counting. I'm like, that's that and that thing. There was only three patterns they were running. <laughs> there wasn't very much in the way of technical, you know. Think about oh what they were goodness. probably running. They had like a Vic twenty in the back running the, uh, you know, the sequencing. Oh, Vic twenty. Commodore 64. Well, listen, I think we learned we learned a lot. We said a lot. We've broken it all down. Anyone that didn't know anything about the World Cup now I think is walking away with a wealth of knowledge that allowed them to have conversations that will make them sound like they know what's going on. We broke down the the tactics. We, we made predictions. Um, go watch the games, guys. I highly recommend it. Even if you're at work, just the boss won't even know. Just flip it on. You know, I think it's on what's it, uh, Fox Sports One. Oh, speaking of which, what do you think about the commentating on on on, uh, on Fox? Oh my goodness, it's I already Americans should not be allowed to commentate on football on soccer. Right? Yes. They just should not be allowed, and except for Landon Donovan, Landon Donovan's pretty good. He knows when to keep quiet. But if if you're watching, if you're like so, if this is the first a long time ago. When Fox started covering baseball, dating myself, for those of you, I'm not, I'm not 32 anymore, for those of you listening <laughs> in the audience. Um, you know, when Fox started covering baseball, they started with all the trackers and all the Fox 
robots and all the crap oh that they brought God. along. Yep. And man, I was so angry. And one of our friends, I think he was molten, but it could have been somebody else said to me, they don't care about you. Like, what do you mean? It's like, you're an idiot. You're going to watch no matter what. They're trying to get to people that don't watch with those gimmicks and they right. don't care because they know you'll watch either way. And it's literally the same thing. Like you do not need a sideline reporter in any game. Right. I mean, like think about the sideline reporter that the Patriots came tonight. Right. They're going to ask Bill Belichick, what is, what does he think about it? He's like, we need to play better. And then he'll walk out the field grumpily. Like you do not need that. No. And the, the Fox sports, like there's, you know, when the Americans are doing the, the whole thing, they just don't stop talking ever. And if you are interested in this and get excited, then watch the Premier League when it comes back on in a couple of weeks, and yes. watch a couple of games on Saturday morning. Premier League Saturday mornings. That's how you call it. Notice how notice how they'll use the the, the scarcity of words. They don't play up fake storylines. They just kind of just talk about the game. So, anyways, it's been challenging. I don't know. Is your experience any different there? No, it's the exact same. In fact. The other day when Arge- it was Argentina-Holland, we watched the Spanish version for the fuck of it because we just, why not? And I didn't know a word they were saying, but just the passion that they were speaking with, the cadence, everything about it, and when they finally scored the goal at the end. So uh, we we really appreciated the... Um, Oh yeah, the the you know the difference in you could tell it was a different level of understanding, even though you couldn't understand the words that were being said. So uh, it was probably even better. You know, what it I mean? was probably it was better because the Americans, <laughs> uh, the Americans are talking about it. it's just like the the whole thing about sports commentating and not knowing how to be quiet. Coming from two people, like you and I, who spent the last hour back and forth, that we could go for another three hours is rich, rich, rich. But uh, that's there, right. there there goes the the observers, right? That's it. So you should see the the crowd here. They're on their feet. They're cheering. They're waving. Uh, they're saying, thank you, Mr. Gamester. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. And we'll do this again before the finals. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Ethan. It was awesome as usual. You're a gracious and awesome. We'll do it again. Good luck, everybody.